Welcome to the Jubilee Plus podcast. Hi and welcome to episode 7 of the Jubilee Plus podcast. I'm Abby Thomas. I'm so pleased to introduce you to Simon Elliott from Everyday Church in London. Welcome. That's correct. Yeah, welcome. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to start, Simon. Well, tell me a little bit about you first. Um, I am a church leader in southwest London. I've been in church leadership for 30 plus years. For the last 26 years, that's been on the privilege of being on staff. Before that, I did it as a, a volunteer, like many, many people. Um, we moved to London in 2019, six months before lockdown. So it's been an interesting season. We moved to do one job, we've ended up doing another, which is also an interesting dynamic. As but a church God, leader? Yes, we moved. To, I moved, I laid down leading a church in Sussex to lead behind the scenes. And then because of a whole range of events, we are now leading the church so yeah not what we thought we would be doing but we trust it was what god thought we would be doing yeah. that's why he called us <laughs> and that. it so, is what you are doing, <laughs> what doing. I, i'm married i have two grown-up children uh, 28 and 25 uh, and we all live in london now which is um, fun brilliant so i'm going to start with a question for you from natalie williams who is ceo of jubilee plus the yes. host of this wonderful conference and who surely should be hosting this podcast too probably <laughs> but here i am so here's a question how As a church leader in an affluent area, are you leading your congregation to capture and reflect God's heart for those trapped in poverty? It's a great question. The short answer is not as well as I should be, probably. (laughs) Um, I think in all, at one level, there's a standard answer. You lead a church into biblical uh, values um, by being biblical. You preach the gospel. And if you preach the word of God systematically, if you preach through things like Isaiah, if you preach through Matthew, if you preach through the letters, you discover God has this huge heart for the poor and we are meant to reflect the character of God to our world. And so to not have a heart for the poor and to say you are following Jesus is is a, a tough sell. So at first level as a church leader, you have to keep bringing people back to the word of God and teach the word of God and lead people into application of the word of God. You then get into the finer points of leadership you need to model it. You need to try as much as possible in your own life. You need to model care for the poor. And that is a challenge when you live in an affluent part of southwest London. The reality is our neighbours are not poor. The people we encounter on a day-to-day are not particularly poor. And therefore, you have to choose, you have to stir yourself and stir your church to engage first with projects. That's probably the entry point is here's a food bank. You know, here's a warm space. Here's a, a ministry with uh, the unhoused. You have to do those things, but also model building friendships with people who may be struggling. So you have to push on all those doors consistently, reminding yourself you're not perfect. Um, and probably the final thing I'd say on that is you have to look for people within your church community who carry a burden for the poor and give them a voice because they will stir you as a leader and they will stir others it's a lie that you can only lead up to the point that you have done sometimes you lead through other people who've gone far further than you in these things so i think they'd be there mm-hmm. off the top of my head they'd be the things you do and that takes a certain amount of humility yes it does to say i'm not getting this right to say i don't know all the answers does take a level of humility mm-hmm. but good leadership has humility as its foundation as we discover in jesus indeed 
So your seminar today is called Helping Others Without Hurting Yourself. So let's talk about avoiding burnout, if that's okay. Yeah. What are the burnout signs that people should look out for? I think sometimes we we tell people how to avoid burnout, but some people are already on the point of burnout. Yes. So what do people need to look out for? Um, I think you look at your, I tend to look at encourage people to look at their lives in four areas: so spiritually, relationally, um, physically. That's only three, isn't it? I what the fourth is. Um, Let's make one up. Emotionally. Uh, yeah. No, emotionally. <laughs> so emotionally, physical, spiritual and relational. And I think when you start to see stress factors in any one of those four, so if, you, um, if you're losing patience with people, if you don't want to spend time with your friends, if you're physically beginning to get unwell, if you're getting very, very tired, if you're losing your joy, if you're getting a little bit cynical and resentful. I mean, if you work in an area of ministry to the poor, sometimes you can get increasingly frustrated with those who are not. You can get frustrated maybe with church leaders who are not seeing what you're doing or affirming what you're doing. And I think when you start to see what I'd say the invisible signs, if you can see someone that's invisible, or notice those things, you know you're getting to the end of your tether. You know, if you've got no joy in your life, if you're not enjoying worship, if you're getting frustrated with going to church, if you're avoiding places where you'd be asked the questions. So a lot of churches would have some sort of small group structure. If you start not going to your small group, because on a Sunday you can go and you can hide in a crowd. It's far harder to hide in a group of six, eight, ten, maybe meeting in a front room. And if you start coming up with excuses for not being in that environment not being with a close friend because you know they will notice mm. they will ask you the hard question they won't they won't allow you to get away with oh i'm fine i think those are the early warning signs is it is looking at those four your where you are spiritually where you are emotionally where you are relationally where you are physically if you look at those and they begin to wobble that's a sign you've probably got to make some changes to your life okay now to find out what those changes are i imagine you have to turn up for your seminar you do have to come to the seminar yeah. <laughs> i'm not going to give all the secrets away but one thing i've been thinking about a lot recently is how do we go from a, a rescuer mindset from trying to be god yeah to a healthy mindset because i think even sometimes when we divide up the church into people who are wealthy and people who are the poor um, that's perhaps an unhealthy mm -hmm. putting ourselves into camps and yeah, yeah, yeah okay I mean I think you have to be very honest with yourselves and you have to surround yourself with people who'll be honest with you so you have to recognize your limitations so uh, Rachel Wilson has just done an excellent seminar on our limitations I would encourage people to to listen to it when it's available and she talks excellently about recognizing you are not God so you have to remember the only person who didn't have a Messiah complex was the Messiah. <laughs> and we can so easily think we have got to fix it, that we are the answer. And it's remembering all the time, reminding yourself all the time that when you are encountering anybody in need, one, you are also a person in need. When you encounter anybody who is broken, you are also broken. So you're not saying to somebody, come to me and I will fix you, mm. you're really saying, let us go together to the one who can fix us, and that is Jesus. Mm. So recognize your limitations. Build team all the time. So even if you're starting something very, very small, don't do it on your own. That actually, when you meet as a try and meet a need as a team, you protect yourself against thinking, I am the solution, I am the rescuer. That actually, we're doing this together. I think also within that, as soon as you can, work with the person you're trying to help, not 
don't work for the person you're trying to help. And again, that comes into, you know, if you say to somebody, come to me and I'll solve your problem. You, and if you keep doing that, you will always end up with this kind of messiah complex. You'll always end up as the rescuer. And actually what you're also doing is you're telling the other person you're always the victim. You're always the one who needs rescuing. Whereas when you start saying, why don't we go together to Jesus? We're all the time saying, well, Jesus is our rescuer. You can help me be rescued by him and I can help you be rescued mm -hmm. by him. And even better than that is to do that in a group. So it's interesting when you look at where Jesus ministers, he very, very rarely does one-to-one -one ministry. He, he's always doing ministry with a team, with a group of people. And that helps you as well, because then your dynamic is not, okay, here's three people and they're all coming to me and I've got the answer. You're saying maybe here's six or eight people We've all got some issues. We've all got something to bring to help one another as we go to God. That dynamic really helps you. Now, again, it needs humility because the reality is we like being a rescuer because it makes us feel valued. It makes, it makes us feel, feel powerful. It feeds our identity. And the danger is that if you do that and keep feeding your identity in that way, it's increasingly hard to get out of that role because your identity is all tied in with I'm your rescuer and then you're really in trouble so I think as early as you can work with groups of people and work with teams brilliant that's a really helpful answer thank you I hope this is a, a fair question because I know you're not ministering in an area of uh, great poverty but what advice would you give to someone who is struggling themselves with poverty this winter while they're trying to support others I guess maybe your other your previous answer ties in but um, I think be very, very honest. Mm. Um, you, we can, we can tend to be proud. We can tend to want to sort it out ourselves. We can sometimes get, because if you are, if you are carrying a level of compassion, which, which people who are working with others often are, and the reason they're trying to help somebody is they've got compassion. They've got the compassion of God for that person. And therefore, sometimes, therefore, they will, re they'll think, oh, well, my life is tough, but not as tough as your life. Therefore, how can I complain about my life? Because your life is so tough. And again, you come back to, you've got to have people around you. And you've got to be honest and open. You've got to say to people, actually, I am struggling. And I need help. Can you help me? And that's hard to do. I think it's also why as leaders, you need to constantly be asking good questions. You know, good leadership is about asking good questions. And so you need to be asking questions of people about how they're really, really doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. That's really helpful. Okay, final question. You have a choice. Okay. You can choose a ridiculous question, a serious question, or a personal question. Oh, uh, this is like one of those tests where actually you're analysing who I am. By no, which no, 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 not at all. <laughs> You can look at the piles and see that no. most most people have asked for ridiculous questions. We've got some. I didn't make that many serious questions. Oh, well, I'll go a personal question then. Go a personal question. Okay, yeah, 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 good. Okay. Oh, this is a great one. What was your deepest encounter with Jesus? Oh wow. I mean, other than actually getting saved. Well, you tell me what. Okay. I can't. I can't tell you what was most. Um. There have been a number of times when 
I have known the weight, the physical presence of God as a weight in a room. I can remember when I was probably early 20s, yeah, maybe 20, going around the church weekend, not church holiday actually, in North Wales. And the presence of God came with such weight, is the only way I say, in the room that you, you felt like to move would be irreverent. And as with all these things, there were some people who weren't in the meeting. And it's the only time when people who were not in the meeting said they could tell who was in the meeting by what was on their face. Mm. A bit like Moses coming down the mountain having to cover his face. Um, that would have been probably one of my deepest mm. encounters with Jesus. And how does that change you? Or how did that change you as a person? I think in the midst of that, I remember having a glimpse of the depth of my sin and therefore a realisation of the depth of the grace of God. You know, we all say, oh, we're not perfect. But that, that would be a moment where I thought, oh gosh, that is the darkness mm. of sin. That is the cancerous mm. nature of sin. And that's what I have been saved from and that was a that was a moment simon elliott thank you so much we will uh, look forward to hearing your seminar when it's available to listen to thank you